and welcome back to How Do You Do? How do you do, Hattie? I flow. <laughs> Still funny. <laughs> it's always, it's never not going to be funny. Never not going to be funny. Uh, I'm good, although I'm stressed because it's going to be 36 degrees on Thursday and we're all going to melt. No, it's going to be beautiful. You need to get over it. This is the third time she's spoken to me about it. <laughs> no, you'll find me in Sainsbury's at a walk-in fridge. Yes, and you'll find me by the ponds like a lizard on a little rock. Because oh, I love it. So nice. <laughs> no, it's too hot. Too hot. This week, we've got Mary Marotta on, who is Senior VP of North America from DK Books. So what is DK Books, you might be wondering? DK Books publish illustrated reference books. So you'll probably remember them from school days, or you might have had some on your shelf when you were a kid. Our sound engineer got very excited about a volcano book, which he remembers from when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. I had one on cats and dogs. Yeah, I had loads. You had, you had like, what's inside the human body? If you look at the logo... You'll get a load of memories. Load of memories. Load of memories. So, yeah, we'll be chatting to her about that. So Mary works in the New York office and we had some great technical difficulties Mm. where we wanted to record it natively, but unfortunately we did it over my very old iPhone 6 on loudspeaker. So bear with us on the sound side and we'll see you again at the end. Bye. 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 Oh, it's calling. Okay, this is great news. Hi. Mary! Hello, fantastic. How are you today? I am well, except for the heat in New York City. Oh, how hot is it in New York? Um, It's about 86 today, but it was close to 100 over the weekend with very high humidity. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's like... 25 here degrees, but I'm still dying because we're not used to it. (laughs) So we're going to kick off with the question, what do you do? I head up North America for DK Publishing. Um, And what that means exactly is I oversee the operations in the New York office as well as our Canadian office. And that basically covers sales, marketing, publicity, a little bit of finance, and a little bit of publishing operations. So how do you do that? What does an average day look like? (laughs) There's no average day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I usually like to do is I get into the office quite early um, so that I have some time at my desk just to review emails and sort of set myself up for the day. And then I would say a good portion of my day is spent in meetings, sometimes starting early in the morning with our UK colleagues because of the time difference. So it could be a publishing call or a marketing call. And what we're doing is usually planning out our future list. Um, So right now we're looking at spring and summer of 2020. So anything that might be publishing in that time frame. And what I like to do is try to spend the balance of the day more with people than on email. Um, And I've also instituted something that we have called milk and cookies, which is exactly what it sounds like. Oh, lovely. But it's a, instead of a staff meeting once a month, I do, I open it up to everyone. Awesome. Milk and cookies is so American. I love it. It's like tea and biscuits. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. The British version. So it all sounds incredibly varied. Can you give us a brief overview of how you got to where you are now? Sure. Um, I have been in publishing my whole career, almost 30 years. And I started off in sales. And from there, I went to Scholastic. And when I was at Scholastic, I actually moved into marketing. And it was basically education library marketing. 
So I was able to talk to a lot of school systems and teachers and librarians. I then transferred over to the sales department and I was basically the in-house liaison to the field reps. From there, I went to another publisher that is now part of HarperCollins. It was William Morrow. And so I was selling some of the national accounts. But then I went back to Scholastic. Um, and it was during the time Harry Potter was publishing. Amazing. So at first I was, so yeah, at first I was selling and then I actually moved into a management role where I was overseeing national accounts. Okay, amazing. 30 years is a long time to be in one one industry, I guess. Um, what's the most rewarding thing about working in publishing? I mean, I think for me, it was I've been a lifelong reader. Um, I was the kid who went to the library every week, took out five books, read right. them during the week, went again on Saturday, took out more books. I originally thought um, when I graduated from college, I was going to pursue a career in television um, and quickly learned, unless you knew people, that wasn't realistic. Mm. And I sort of kind of fell into publishing, but it made sense for me because I was such a big reader and I wanted something where I could be creative. Um, and a balance of my career up until now has actually been mostly in children's publishing, um, where I do find there's a little bit more leeway to be creative. And can you remember what the first book was that you worked on? I probably don't remember exactly, but things like Magic School Bus, Goosebumps, Babysitter Club, those oh, kinds of series. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I love Goosebumps yeah, so I much. I get to read them as a reader, but I got to sell them. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned before that you were lucky enough to work on um, Harry Potter. Uh, what are the pressures of working on something that is so huge and successful? When I rejoined Classic and we were up to book four, um, by book four, we had embargoed and there was much more security involved. So from the minute the manuscript was received to, you know, midnight, the day of the release, the time in between, there were a lot of conversations with accounts or with the United States Post Office, mm. with whoever might be delivering lots of different trucking companies. It was all about the logistics. We were worried about that because we wanted to be, be be able to deliver at midnight to every single reader who was, you know, on the edge of their seat waiting for the next book. Yeah, for sure. Um, the best part of it, though, was actually going to some of those midnight parties and seeing for as much angst and <laughs> stress as it might have caused leading up to the release, how much it was worth it just to see it when, when the books were in a, a child's hands. Yeah, um, amazing. And one of the things is, you know, it, there was a lot less planning that went up to it. You know, a traditional book, you acquire or you plan it anywhere from a year to 18 months out. And it was literally, okay, she finished the book. She Now we could publish it. And there was no forewarning necessarily. You know, you didn't want to rush creativity or stifle creativity. Mm. Um, so it was, we did it within six months kind of thing and there was a lot of planning that went into it mm. i remember queuing up waiting for harry potter at midnight and being <laughs> one of those kids who was dressed up and so excited and it's funny to kind of look back on it now and think of all the people who must have been so stressed <laughs> on the other side <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of chocolate eating during the week <laughs> oh, yeah, <wow>. I bet. <laughs> and um you've had what some might say is quite a traditional route to where you are now and working your way up within an industry. How have things changed within publishing in that time? 
A lot has changed maybe from a technology standpoint. Mm. When I first started working, I worked on a typewriter. Wow. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I did not have a computer. Um, I think there was one Mac that was shared within the department. Um, There was no voicemail. (laughs) So there was definitely no podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One of my original responsibilities was to plan the author events, um, as I mentioned earlier, and I had a um, answering machine, and I was one of the few people who actually had an answering machine. <laughs> so from that standpoint, obviously things have changed quite tremendously, especially using something like Google Documents, yeah. where which where based on Google, so many things can be worked on simultaneously, which just makes everyone's lives so much easier. Yeah, um, and I think. The process has changed where maybe, you know, 30 years ago, publishers were publishing what they thought, you know, consumers want or what they thought would work. And I would say, you know, in the last couple of years, what has changed is there's a lot more data and analytics that have gone into it. There's also many different platforms, whereas when I started in publishing, it was print books only. Mm. Now it's print, E, and audio. And, you know, for me, what's exciting for somebody who's devoted my entire career to publishing is that, you know, print books are still as viable and as strong as they were 30 years ago. There was a moment in time where it seemed like ebook might be overshadowing and overtaking print, but um, it's now leveled out where print is actually very robust. And do you think there's a reason that print is still robust? I think there is still this general sense of having something on your shelf almost as a trophy. I've mm-hmm. read this or, you know, it's a beautiful jacket and I can display that. Yeah. Um, and for as silly as it sounds, I think people like to feel a book. It's gratifying to turn a page or to get to that last page. Um, and it might be a publishing thing, but it's the, the feel and the smell of a book. Oh, no, I completely agree. <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree as well. I think like uh, I never really went onto the ebooks or anything like that because there's I, don't, I can't put it into words, but there is something about kind of having it and just having it in your hands. It's like something you feel more connected to it in a way. Correct. I made my colleague smell a book earlier today because <laughs> it was really old. <laughs> <laughs> what did it smell like? Lovely old it's book. Just a nice old book. <laughs> it's, it's a nice smell. I was reading something uh, recently which was about diversity within publishing and how that is starting to change, but that is still kind of quite a big barrier in the industry. That's an excellent point. And that is something that in the publishing community, there's a lot of conversation and a lot of focus to try to change that. Mm. I was just at a seminar on Friday, and that is one of the things that somebody... In, in the audience commented on is that there was nothing for them growing up, but their favorite book, I think, was maybe Pippi Longstocking, uh-huh. but they didn't see themselves in Pippi Longstocking. It was just that that's because what everyone was reading that, but there wasn't a character that they could identify that felt that they knew of or they recognized themselves in, mm. and there needs to be more of that where different readers are able to identify with characters. For sure. you, you I think you don't think when you are represented in books, it's hard to imagine what that must be like to not have that 
So, yeah, I think that's really important. And I feel like a lot of people think that you kind of need to know someone to break into publishing. Um, What would be your kind of top tips for someone who does want to break into the industry and is keen to kind of develop their career and keep moving up? I think one of the, for somebody who's looking to start in publishing, a lot of different publishers, ourselves included, offer internships um, so that you can do during college and they're three times a year, so it's not just during summer. Um, mm. We do it in winter and spring. So I would encourage somebody to pursue an internship. LinkedIn is a great tool also where I've had people reach out to me through the alumni network. Mm-hmm. Who they might, they're looking to break into publishing and do they mind just meeting for a coffee so they can pick my brain and I'm, I am always open to do it. <laughs> so it might be hard to break in, but if you're persistent and it's something you really want to do, you sort of have to find your way in mm-hmm. um, and you'll always find somebody who's, who's going to be willing to help. Mm-hmm. I also think people, you know, one of the, the reason why publishing wasn't obvious to me when I was uh, getting my degree is I just assumed it was mostly editorial. I never gave thought to the entire process from start to finish. Mm. So people, again, might enter and think editorial is my only option, but that's not true. There are so many pieces mm. to the, the chain of how a book gets published that maybe we need to be better at educating people about that or at colleges about that. Yeah, for sure. I think so much of kind of young people thinking they can't be in the creative industries is because they don't know what jobs are out there. That's part of the reason we're doing this podcast, really, to just show the breadth of jobs and opportunities there are. Um, kind of on that, what is your favourite part of your job? So what's your favourite part of that process? There's a couple of different things, so it's not an easy answer. Um, for me, it's sort of that initial conversation about what the book is. And to me, it never gets old. It's exciting because publishing is so dynamic. Yeah. And there is always something new or a new perspective on things to be sharing. Um, And when I was in traditional publishing, it was like a new author and what could we do with this book to bring it to market? And I think for me, then and now, being in two different kinds of publishing houses, it's the collaboration. I love, once we've decided to publish a book and we know what season it might be published in, it's bringing all the different pieces together. Yeah. Both from a publishing, sales, marketing and publicity aspect. I can imagine that's incredibly satisfying when you see everything come together. You always think of kind of writing a book as something that's very kind of solitary and one person. But when you think of all, actually, you break it down and who's doing the cover and who's doing the design and who's kind of bringing the ideas to the table. It is a huge kind of community project. And I think that's quite exciting and probably quite exciting for people to hear about different jobs. Right. Yeah, there are, yeah. Yeah. And, the, you know, the expression is it takes a village, and it's absolutely mm. true in this case. Yeah, I like that saying. Uh, I've never heard that before. It takes, a village, it takes a village to raise a child is the is the expression, I think. It's a nice one. <laughs> <laughs> so um, publishing is all about finding new stories. So what new insights is the publishing world looking for at the moment? So what can young people bring to the table? Making sure we're on trend with what might be from a cultural perspective or an educational perspective, what's trending. And it's also finding younger voices. I think kids, young adults now certainly have much more of a voice 
than they used to. So there should not be an assumption that all authors are, you know, old and (laughs) have to be established. I think Mm -hmm. sort of anybody can consider themselves an author. And, you know, there there are trends in publishing and it, it is very cyclical. So for a long time, middle grade, there's a lot of interest in that category. And then it moved into young adults. And, you know, maybe young adult fantasy, and now it seems to be more realistic fiction Mm. that is resonating with audiences. And, Mm. you know, for adults, again, completely different for me being a nonfiction reference, but we have a division that publishes um, titles on history and, you know, physics and psychology and the arts, and those books sell really well initially, but also backlist really well. Mm. So it just, you know, like war is a, is a a topic that, you know, World War II or Civil War or anything like that is a tried and true topic. And then more recently, the environment and global warming has mm. become much more of a, a trending topic. Yeah. Um, can, can, on something we touched on earlier, which was um, kind of tech technology and stuff and how that's affecting publishing, um, how's on-demand TV affecting the industry and do you think publishing can keep up? It is interesting because I feel like it's still kind of new in that cycle Mm. but I think what it has done is that people not that they have a shorter attention span but you know on-demand, demand Mm. being the key word, is people expect things much quicker. Um, So maybe you know from a series point of view people don't necessarily want to wait a long time in between releases. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think a lot of what's being created for, let's say, you know, Netflix or Prime, a lot of what's being mined is from publishing. Um, so I, I definitely think there is, you know, a benefit to that because when we're seeing, and a lot of it has been young adult, but when you're seeing content being created for online and streaming, mm. there's actually a spike in the book sales, which is great. Yeah. Um So it opens up a new, you might bring that book to an audience that, maybe not the reading audience, but if they're a streaming audience and they're interested, so we're we're sort of tapping maybe into a new audience. Yeah. Um, So I I think there is a complementary benefit from both sides. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you think of something like um, 13 Reasons Why, which was huge with like young audiences, wasn't it? And Mm. that, yeah, that was originally a book, I think. People may not even know that until at the very end where it says based on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they may still might not even know it if they're not reading the credits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so we read that this week um, education textbooks are going to be phased out in the UK. Wow. I know, sad, because I actually still have my textbooks from school. Yeah, so do I, with all my writing and (laughs) all my notes I read myself. (laughs) And various imaginary boyfriends in the front. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So we're living in a digital age, so building what we were just talking about. When young people have grown up with technology all their lives, how do you think publishing is going to adapt to accommodate the new technology? A viable channel of sales for us is digital content. So we will uh, license out content for inclusion either on a website or to be included in an online course or, you know, 
because print is becoming less and less and titles being adapted for courses and um, syllabi and whatnot. So I do think that, again, it's different from me being a nonfiction reference, where a lot of our content is usable not only in print, but also digitally. Mm, and yeah. We have, a, we have a process for that. Um, so it's not that our content becomes obsolete. Specifically for DK, because it does so much nonfiction reference and, and, and we're kind of living in this time when all things that you may have gone to a book for, you might just Google. So you're just like, instead, you've Correct. just got it in your pocket and you just Google it. What changes will there be specifically in DK? Um, as far as being able to uh, as, make as far as, content available? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're sort of already doing what we can in that space. I think there's more opportunity because I don't think we've tapped into sort of every channel or means to be able to do it. But I think because we have a robust digital content strategy that we will do more of it going forward. Mm. We're still sort of in the beginning and we need to, you know, maintain being considered experts mm. and, um, you know, moving into that space. Well, we're not going to necessarily, because we also have to be very careful about copyright infringement, especially because so much of what we do, it's not just uh, written content. It's also photos and um, illustrations. Mm, so mm -hmm. there are a lot of rights that have to be considered with much of our content. Yeah. And just going back to what you were talking about before, what do you mean by when you say licensing your content for digital strategy? Does it mean like the artwork in the books or the content of the books? Both. And, okay. You know, we have a, a very robust process where we have to clear rights for certain things, but we might license the rights to use a chapter or two chapters or, a, you know, five chapters from a title for either online use for a website um, and it could be either for consumer-facing or student-facing. Mm -hmm. And we also have a higher education sales course that we partner with PRH in that respect and books being pitched for course adoption. So in some instances, it can include piece, a piece of it being digital. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> and um, I know you've worked on some amazing titles, Harry Potter being one of them, but what would be your dream project to work on? That's a really hard question. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like that experience is something that could probably never be, for me anyway, yeah. replicated. It was such a publishing phenomenon at the time. You know, I learned a lot and... Um, and a lot of experience. So I don't know, yeah. not that there's not anything that can top it, but that really was such a great time in my career. Yeah. Um, I guess it would be to have to work on something of that ilk again, where it was something that was resonating from a consumer, like a cultural, it became part of the culture. Yeah. And being part of a team that can do that again. But what that idea is, I don't know, because that would be great if I can come up with the idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that kind of touches on what I was about to, to ask you. Obviously, Harry Potter is kind of something that hasn't... Uh, I, maybe Game of Thrones has kind of seen it slightly, like kind of yeah, nearly yeah. the same kind of like phenomenon. But I don't think even that has been quite as big. What do you think the next one will be? Have you seen anything where you think that's going to be huge? Um, I'm, I feel like, because I've been now at TK for two years... Mm. I'm slightly removed from mm, yeah. that kind of publishing, being so focused on nonfiction reference. But there are definitely things that 
as a reader myself, and I still read a lot of young adult and yeah. middle grade just because I, I do want to know what's going mm-hmm. on. It's interesting, we say this a lot with Old is New Again, sort of just like in TV, some of um, television programs are being you know, remade. That there's a lot of series in publishing that, you know, it's a whole new audience that you can introduce it to. So something that might be a classic, mm. yeah. if you repackage or reformat or whatever it might be, you are introducing that kind of publishing to a whole new audience. So that, you know, yes, there's new titles that could be exciting and resonate culturally or, um, you know, with readers. But I also think there's a lot of classics that have that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I've got a bit of a fangirl Harry Potter question. <laughs> so when <laughs> it's kind of on the publishing side, though, so let's see if you know when um, I used to read Harry Potter, obviously, as a kid, queue up at midnight and buy the books in the UK. And then I went to America on holiday and the covers were different. Yeah. <laughs> and this threw me completely. I mean, I thought I knew what Harry looked like. And then the covers were just, I think it was even... Oh, what, just, did, he, did he look different on the cover? No, no. Same same kind of dark hair and cool oh, stuff. okay, yeah. But just like the slight, like the, the style of the illustration was weird. And goodness me, this confused me. <laughs> <laughs> so why was that, Mary? <laughs> I think, you know, if I can remember back that, that far, um, <laughs> it is because... Different art styles and colors resonate in different markets. Yeah. Um, so what my it, it still happens where again I think I mentioned earlier a lot of our publishing is done out of the UK office. Most often the package looks exactly the same, but there are a few instances where we actually use a completely different jacket oh. just to make sure that it'll, it'll resonate with our consumers here because it is it's a different market and different things work. Yeah, I think you should warn people of that in customs. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's interesting, though? Did you then buy yeah. the same thing that I already... Right, yeah, I double dropped. was a collector, it didn't matter. <laughs> I remember when they, they also released a version of it for adults, so it didn't look like you were reading Harry Potter on the train, which I loved. So they were like really <laughs> yeah. classy, like black I books. I remember them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they didn't have Harry on them at all. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kind of wrapping up a little bit, as I'm looking back on your whole career, what advice would you give to your younger self? If you were starting out now, what would you say? Um, I think what I, and I, I do say this now to, to people, is sort of you are the only person in charge of your career. You will meet people along the way that will be willing to help or can help you, but you really have to make things happen for yourself. So if anybody's mm-hmm. unhappy, my advice is always, only you can change that. Yeah. Um, so you either fig- figure out what's making you unhappy or make a change. Um, so I wish I, it took me a while to figure that out. Um, and, you know, I, that, like I said, that's advice I do give to people now. And I think, you know, ask questions. For me, that was how I learned. And don't be intimidated. You know, one of the things I, I feel that I learned from Scholastic and I was lucky enough because that's where I spent a lot of my formative years is there wasn't this hierarchy. Um, so to be able to talk to anybody at any level, and I wish that 
you know, people just starting out in their career didn't feel that there was a hierarchy mm. um, or feel intimidated or nervous to talk to somebody because I do think that that is how you learn just by asking questions and observing and being able to be a part of it. You know, I always say no idea is a, a dumb idea. Like, why not share it? Because you don't know. You don't know what could be the next topic or a different way to market something. So don't not share because there's no silly idea. That thing about hierarchy is really interesting because when you start your job or whatever job, especially when you've just come out of university or if you've just come out of school, everyone seems like they know so much stuff. And they might do, but also you're all learning at the same time. Mm. Right. Yeah. Right, exactly. Because And I do that now because things are different. So it's not being done the same way it was 20 years ago. And I still can learn things, you know, so it goes both ways. It doesn't have to be just that those of us who have a little bit more experience can teach. I think there's a lot to be learned from, you know, people who are just entering into their career because they have a a fresh perspective. So it sort of, it goes both ways and I'm not done learning. (laughs) That's Mm. nice. Yeah, for sure. I love it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mary, for chatting to us. Yeah, thank Thank you. you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And have a lovely rest of your day. (laughs) Yeah, don't get too hot. So our first uh, transatlantic podcast. Well, it did almost take a village to try and get that sorted. Hey, there we go. <laughs> Using the phrase. I love it. I've never heard it before. I, to be fair, it sounds like I know it, but I only know it because we pitched a show called It Takes a Village once. Oh. <laughs> sounds like I'm smart, but it's literally just from that. But speaking on that, I do like what she was saying about how many people it takes to bring together a book because I'm stupidly like always just see it as one person. Mm. But there's not. There's so many jobs in it. And if you're looking to go into publishing... It's just really interesting looking to see what jobs are actually out there and what specialties you might be able to kind of go into or develop. Yeah, it's nice. I can imagine it's so satisfying when the whole thing comes together. Mm. Imagine being a Harry Potter fan and working in publishing. Mm. And then you get to have that whole excitement wrapped into one. I'm just fascinated that it comes in different colours. I want to collect the different colours. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I do remember being very confused and upset by the different covers when I went to America. Oh, it's the same way as if you try and find the audiobook and it's not Stephen Fry and you freak out. It's that other guy. I hate it. It's a, this American dude and it's a... Oh, I can't sleep. <laughs> um. Representation in audiobooks. <laughs> no, only Stephen Fry. I also love what she said about kind of it's in being in your hands because I think a lot on this podcast we've said make connections and see how many people you can meet but at the end of the day it does all come down to taking the risk and doing it yourself it's also interesting talking to someone who's had quite a traditional career and has stayed in one industry and has done kind of different bits and bobs and it's interesting because that probably is what makes a good vp yeah and i don't think we've spoken to anyone like that so far who's just kind of stuck on one track i think that's quite unusual these days so it's nice talking to someone who's so passionate about what they do yeah definitely and must know the industry really well Mm. and that's what makes a good vp that is a good VP. So <laughs> thanks so much to Mary. Um, I hope you enjoyed that episode and you learned a bit about publishing. And we'll be back soon with another episode of the How Do You Do podcast. Thank you and bye. Bye. If you've liked the podcast, follow us at How Do You Do Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And like and subscribe. It's really important. If you've enjoyed it, give us a great review, a sterling review, a five stars. (laughs) Get us all the way up to the top of the charts. (laughs) 